Welcome back, everyone. This is Matt Pandola with your Monday motivation. Hello, Matt Pandola. I am Jake Parker here with episode 54. Matt, we're here to provide some better understanding for some common misconceptions out in the fitness world. And we're joined, thankfully, by Mr. Billy Haug. Billy. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for coming in. No problem. So for anyone who hasn't listened to our previous podcasts with Billy in our last episode, episode 53, we talked about some eating disorders because Billy has studied the nutrition sciences. Billy was also our guest in episode 11. So Billy, tell the listener really quickly about yourself and the, how can you help here today? So as Jake said, name's Billy. Uh, I've been working with Matt for, well, training with Matt for quite some time now. I just started working in his gym a few months ago. I received my master's in human nutrition from Columbia back in October. Uh, moved back to Reno now and uh, back on the podcast to talk about some uh, nutritional things. Congratulations on the master's, by the way, man. That's incredible. So I wanted to start this one off because... I say, unfortunately, this topic is still really prevalent out there in in America. It's the keto diet. I thought this was something that was going to be a quick fad and would go away, but it's still around. I was just at the grocery store the other day, and half the magazines in the aisle rack are, you know, 50 best recipes for when you're on on keto. And I should, full disclosure, admit that I've tried keto, and I, I didn't have the results that I expected. I got the physical results that I wanted, but for me, I just felt terrible, you guys. Well, I guess we should start there. Jake, why did you even decide to do the keto diet in the first place? And I guess, what did you think it was? What were your preconceptions of it? I, when I first started looking into it, okay, it's ketosis. You're learning to run off of burning fat for energy, right? And I was thinking, oh, well, that's cool. I don't want to get rid of any muscle. If anything, I want more muscle and I could lose a little bit of fat. I'll try this. See, and that's the influencing we've been talking about because when you watch these kind of keto commercials and all of these ads out there and all of these influences it's it's all about how you're just going to become this fat burning machine exactly right eat a stick of butter every day no this is not something that we're not trashing keto either we're just making people aware of what it is and what it isn't a little bit more Right, Billy? Yeah. Well, and that's the first thing we should start with is uh, this whole misnomer to begin with is when you're in ketosis in the strict clinical sense, you're really not burning fat. You're taking fatty acids and converting them into these things known as ketone bodies, which are acetone, acetoacetic acid, and beta-hydroxybutyrate, that latter one being the one that fuels most of your metabolic processes when you're in the clinical state of starvation, which is where we see ketosis actually arrive. So... From a clinical standpoint, a ketogenic diet is one that induces nutritional state of ketosis, so one that's non-starvational, right? If you are actually doing the ketogenic diet with the sole goal of getting your blood ketones up to the level where we can detect them, I would just advise you to fast for like 24 hours at least, more in the 30 to 50 hour range. That's when you start seeing ketones hit their maximal production and then start to level off. So back to you, Jake, I'm sure your goal was not to just produce ketones. You were probably trying to elicit some body composition change. That's exactly it. I was hoping that because of these articles that I was reading, I was hoping that, oh, my body will just learn to run off of its existing body fat. Yeah. And unless you're born with some sort of congenital abnormality that prevents you from conducting beta oxidation, which is where you produce energy from fatty acids, you're burning fat pretty much all the time. It could be a more, a mixture of glucose and fat, or if you're exercising at a really high intensity, you're 
pretty much burning all glucose. But that's why you see on the treadmills, right? You're that fat burning zone, that low mid-level heart rate uh, where you're supposedly burning fat, which is true. But oxidation of fat doesn't equal fat loss or loss of adipose tissue, which is what people are using the ketogenic diet to try to do, right? Is weight loss is probably one of the main goals. Yeah, I mean, this is this whole idea that it's all about the aesthetics, right? I mean, this is what sucks people in. There's a there's a YouTuber, I think her name is Michelle McDaniel, and um, she's actually, she kind of cracks me up. It's I think the name of her YouTube is like, the things I say will probably offend you or something like that. Awesome, I like it already. Yeah, yeah, no, she's really funny actually. And, um, but she also, uh, from what I've so far, from what I've seen, she gives out some pretty good information at the same time. And what I like about her, she's a real person. She's a personal trainer, but um, she talked about in one of her episodes, there was this sort of um, Hollywood secret diet where they're using apple cider vinegar in combination with keto. And this is what like all the Hollywood stars are doing. It was it was along this line, this subject. And then there was this specific product called Keto Rapid Max Pure. That sounds legit. <laughs> right. And so they just knew that people were going to go off of this whole keto thing and they were going to click and then it wouldn't, it's like a proprietary blend, right? It's a, that's a way of them not having to tell you, disclose what's in there. And it's probably just the sugar pill, et cetera. And then they made all these huge claims. It was going to give you 225% more energy and you were going to lose uh, 25 pounds in a month. And by the way, it doesn't matter well, what you weigh about, right well, now. I got to stop you right there. Yeah. Let's think about what they just said. It's going to give you 225% more energy. So let's break this down. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Let's break this down for just a second, right? So how do classically we measure energy expenditure or intake in terms of nutrition? Calories, right? Or right. if you're using the scientific uh, units, uh, kilojoules. So that's a unit of energy, right? So yeah. if I'm taking in 225% more energy, you're basically saying like I'm taking in, if I was at like 2000 calories a day, I'm taking in 6,100 additional calories, but I'm also going to lose 25% of my, of my fat. I mean, we're violating some serious laws. That's amazing. Here. So, I mean, if well, that's because what Matt- you don't understand though, Billy, it's because you take this specific amount of ketones with your well, apple cider right. vinegar. You're, about you're, you don't know. Combo. You don't know. That's the problem. You're just ignorant. It's also rapid pure. You got to add the pure at the end. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just whole things a wash. I, <laughs> so what, uh, this was what I loved about, um, this particular, episode that she had on it it ended up being obviously a big hoax and they even put in the ad with all these amazing before and after pictures and there's apparently all these things happened in just a month's time but also there was the influencer there that person just was a made-up name with a made-up history. They apparently went to Stanford and what they were a student at Stanford and they were paid to do this study and then kind of stumbled into this secret sauce. And then now you can benefit from it just by clicking on this button and getting your first free bottle, right? Well, it turns out that at the bottom of this ad, they actually said, this is just a, an ad. And it even said, says so 
And they're telling you right there that, no, we made this up. They have to legally, they're doing that, so they're excused from tricking you. But nobody's reading that very bottom part. And, uh, you know, I just thought that was such a great thing that she brought up because I think so many of us, we just assume that if it's there, it must be real. And we're being influenced every day with these ads. In fact, there's a lot of influencers now that if you see hashtag ad, then they're getting paid to tell you to take this product and try to make it look like it's just something they use in their lives every day. But really, they were just contacted by this particular product and now they're getting paid to tell you they use it and they probably have never really even used it in their entire life. Or if they do, it doesn't mean it's what actually help them to look that way yeah right. hashtag ad hashtag sponsor beware beware <laughs> link in bio right yeah all right so just with that all being said let's get back to keto and um we were talking billy before about what keto was actually really for i was actually just gonna bring that up so i'm glad you did my whole point here is not to bash keto because it's certainly been utilized since the early 1920s there's certain populations that show tremendous benefit from it uh Going back to that example, in refractory seizure cases, so in childhood epilepsy, things like Lennox-Gastaut syndrome, these are types of epilepsy that don't respond to anti-epileptic drugs. So a keto diet, which shifts the brain from using glucose to ketones, has shown remission of these seizures. So for kids with that condition, it's phenomenal. And there's other mitochondrial myopathies where it can help as well. But most of the people buying these keto supplements off the shelves or, you know, buying the next keto diet cookbook aren't doing it to help treat their child for epilepsy. They're trying to use it for these certain goals that we have evidence keto either performs worse or no better than other interventions. Yeah, anything that's a cosmetic effect, we're trying to go for a quote-unquote diet. I think these are the absolutes we want to be aware of or we want to know in other words, why? We always talk here about our why. Why are we doing this? And I think that we need to do a better job, all of us, about researching, understanding, verifying what it is that we are putting into our bodies and why, what it is we're dedicating ourselves to in this process and why. Because again, you know, we can get really disappointed. We can look at a magazine where there's nothing we were talking about. I used to think, though, that if I were to just strength train and put all this effort in and eat enough calories, I was just going to get jacked. And then I would just look a certain way. And I wanted that. But then over time, I came to realize that that just was not a part of my predispositions. And I had to embrace the fact that I really just missed going out for a run. That's what I loved doing. And so I started strength training to support my running again. And then I was actually feeling better and happy. And, you know, again, these are things we have to look at because when we have somebody who may be the average American being, let's say, overweight to obese. Unfortunately, we have a lot more of that today than ever. And uh, was the statistic we were looking at 33% body fat for the average female. And when he or she, though, goes down to, let's say, 15% body fat, they might still be disappointed because what they started to do was get on the keto for a cosmetic effect. And yet, even though they were making progress, 
they are unhappy with the way they look still because they had an unrealistic vision of what they should look like through this process. And in the meantime, they vilified carbs for no good reason. So I, I just would like to get your opinion on this too, Billy, especially while you're here. I love to hear what you think about this. But with macros all being important in our nutrition, in general, I just don't like it when I hear any program telling me that any of my macros are quote unquote bad. In fact, this is where we've talked about if it fits your macros, I think is a myth in itself. I don't think macros matter as much as are your calories in versus your calories out justifying your needs. And this is important to understand. What's your opinion on this though, Billy? Right. Well, I mean, there's only three macronutrients to choose from, right? You got your fat, carbohydrate, and protein. So the good chance they're just going to go in and out of circulation as far as which one is vilified. Uh, you know, in the recent years, it was definitely carbohydrates. Now you're seeing protein being villainized, uh, fats on the rage, and then the low fat riots of the 1970s. So it just goes back and forth, right? When really all of them are important. I mean, there's, there's true, there's no dietary requirement for carbohydrates, but that's what your brain prefers to fuel from. And again, using extreme examples, I like to use these because they make the most sense to people. If my goal is to survive a prolonged fast, then ketosis is my absolute best friend. If it weren't for ketosis, we wouldn't be here as a species, right? Because when you're no longer taking in food and your brain is starving for glucose, it either has to reduce its fuel coming from glucose, which it does by the utilization of ketones, and it also downregulates things like gluconeogenesis, which is the formation of glucose from amino acids. So it spares your body's muscle, right? Because muscle is a vital tissue. I forget the percentage off the top of my head, but if you lose something like 30% of your muscle, you're going to die. And actually your diaphragm is the last muscle to be catabolized before you ultimately die of choking on your own fluid. I know I just gave some really dark examples, some really heavy scientific terms, but my whole point is there's really no reason to vilify any one of the macronutrients, and there's always an argument or some sort of evidence I can provide to show someone, even if it's a variety of different goals, that a certain macronutrient shouldn't be vilified. That was one good thing I did pick up from keto was I learned how to implement more healthy fats because I grew up in a household that was, we used skim milk, you know, 2% fat because, you know, oh, it's low fat, it's better for you, right? Learned later on that was obviously a myth and there are, you know, better fats, I would say, and I learned what those were. Matt, you brought up the example of putting butter in your coffee. That's that's not what I'm talking about. But, you know, like avocados and fish and certain certain types of trail mix and nuts, those types of fats, I learned how to use those for my benefit. Yeah, and to be clear, we were talking about when the bulletproof coffee was the rage, and so I, you know, I tried it, but then I started thinking to myself, like, why am I putting butter in my coffee? This like, is, what is ridiculous, right? It's, it's, and I didn't feel better off of it no. that way. Now I do like to use coconut oil, and I, I don't. I just, I just kind of eye it honestly. I just, I just put in uh, enough that I can kind of see it skim off the top. I like the way that I feel. I'm cognitively, I feel like I'm a little sharper. And and I tend to have just a little bit of that in my coffee in the morning. I have a full glass of water. And, you know, usually that's all I need in the morning to get started. And I just feel good that way. So I think it just comes down to these basic things is, do you feel good with what you're doing? 
right? And um, when it comes to keto, it's like, well, again, you know, Billy, fuel is fuel. Your body does figure out. Your body is incredibly smart. Thank you. Know, thank <laughs> you, right? Like these macros are not like, oh, am I taking in 30% fat versus 40% carbs and 40% protein or am I now on 20% protein and 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 going 40 40 on the others or you know at the end of the day i think your body figures out what it needs to take from that and that's and, the thing if you're unless you're suffering from some sort of specific pathology that requires you to be super precise with these macronutrients and by extension micronutrients and other things or you're an elite level athlete who also may benefit from micromanaging some of these things. Ultimately, you don't, we don't have to think about it too much. Your body is in, incredibly smart. Uh, there's a reason that it <laughs> that we've survived this long as a species because we're adaptable in that way and we're adaptable to numerous types of diets. And you brought this up earlier. Ultimately, it's what do you like the most? What do you feel best on? What are you going to adhere to to your goals? If someone finds that they're able to achieve health markers, uh, perform the way they'd like to, uh, likes the way they look, or in healthy ranges that we know are correlated with certain outcomes, and they're doing this all on the ketogenic diet, I'm all for it. I support that 100%. Absolutely. I love that you brought this up. If you are on keto and you've been doing it for a long time and you feel great doing it, don't stop doing it because we are talking about these other statistics and you don't fall into that. That's the, we want to we want to have people armed with good information, but do what's working for you. But then again, if maybe you have a medical reason for trying it, maybe we brought up something today that you said, "Oh, wow, light bulb just went on. Maybe I should research that and see if keto would be good for me. In fact, I think that my mother-in-law should be on keto because of a specific medical need that she has. Don't want to talk about the specifics, but something that I think she would benefit from. So I do think that keto would be really beneficial for her in this case. It's just not something I think everybody should be doing. Right. And just because it worked for me is not ample enough evidence to supply these broad health claims and recommendations to other people, right? If an 800 meter or 1500 meter uh, athlete comes into me and says, hey, I really want to do the ketogenic diet, I would highly recommend that they don't do that because there's no substantiated evidence suggesting that high intensity exercise is even accessible on a ketogenic diet. You will see their performance decrease dramatically and there's no shortage of studies that show this. But again, if it worked for someone else who has no concern with those goals, then that's fine. I agree. And that was my experience with it as well, is the results that were good were more aesthetic. The ones that were bad were in my performance. I felt very tired in my higher power lifting days, my training days. I did not have the energy to get me through what I needed to, to get through in those days. And I started to like connect those dots like, oh, maybe it's because I've villainized carbohydrates and I haven't had hardly any in three months. And again, while someone in my position with, with my background could talk all day about the mechanisms of why that's happening, at the end of the day, it doesn't really change how I'm going to approach the situation. Practically, you didn't feel like you're performing your best on it and you probably were ready for a change. So that's all we need to know. We don't need to dive into the nitty gritty of why ketones may not be the optimal source of fuel for high intensity exercise. And if I could just say one last thing is just because maybe it did benefit you, 
don't go around telling your friends, "Hey guys, you've got to you've got to hop on this high fat, low carb diet." Because if you're prescribing diets for other people, I think you're out of your lane. Yeah, you know that's. <laughs> These issues oftentimes are with good intentions. We are preaching something because we really believe in it and it worked for us. So, man, I want you, you're my friend or you're somebody in my family I care about. I want you to do this too because I want you to experience these benefits, but yet that might not be the right solution for them. So, you know, leave that to the experts. And by saying the experts, I mean to the individual, let them figure it out. So on this next, we're actually going to talk a little bit more about calories and what that really means, how many calories should you take in and why. And this is going to be part of intuitive nutrition that I really feel is has to be really understood so people can find their best health. So part two is coming up on this next episode. We'd love to know, by the way, what you think about these two-part series. We're starting to work a little bit more with people who are asking us to get in information over the course of a week so that they can have sort of that theme. And we're thinking about doing this more often. Let us know what you think. You can always email us your comments, questions, concerns, anything. Project at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook and Instagram. And one more time, I'd like to thank Billy Haug for dropping some knowledge bombs on us. Billy, it's always very informative when you join us. So thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Always happy to be here. Yeah, man. And remember, every day, not just today, is your chance to listen, understand, and verify your choices that are best for you. Thanks for listening.